Time to travel with Karen Key. Well, on the weekend of the 15th and 16th of February, Henitsburg and the Machubeskloof will once again host the famous Berry Festival. Now, this family event will once again be absolutely jam-packed with exciting activities. And joining me now is Shazad Hearn. Shazad, welcome back to the show. I think we spoke last year. Yes, we did. Thank you. And uh, good evening to you and your listeners. Right. So this is rather exciting. I mean, I was looking through the sort of... Uh, program of events and there's so much going on they're all berry related so let's just tell the listeners if they wanted to come up first of all where exactly you are where is Mahubas for those who are sitting there going how do I get there um, Mahubas Kloof is in Limpopo it is uh, in the highlands um, some 2,000 um, meters above sea level uh, very cool very green uh, we've got the second largest indigenous forest in the country after Neisner. Not much known to, um, unfortunately, to the rest of the country. Um, we are about 380 kilometers or so from Johannesburg, um, and it takes about three and a half to four hours drive from Johannesburg to Mahubuskloof. So, if people um, wanted to come up for the Berry Festival, Shazad, I mean, accommodation-wise, would they be able to stay over for the weekend? Absolutely, we have got uh, nearly 700 beds. Um, in and many um, small uh, to medium-sized um, accommodation uh, establishments, um, between like two, you know, two bedrooms to um, the hotel, Mahubuskulu Hotel, and, and all that. So there is a lot of accommodation available. We do have quite a number of festivals that happen during the year, so we are quite prepared with regard to accommodation. Um, that is one thing for sure. We are a destination rather than you know like. Um, something that people would come for during the week. No, it's usually the weekend. So um, lots to do in the area. This time particularly is focused on the berries because you've got blueberries and raspberries um, that, they grow, that grow really well in this area. A lot of our berries are exported, um, but we just thought that we must open the farms to South Africans. Well, so that we can have them to come and enjoy this lovely, lovely, lovely event and taste the berries. Well, that's part of the of the fun of the festival is that you actually are on on is it Kuhistan Organic Farm? Yes. You do the raspberries right. there, and you yes. all of you guys with the farms have opened them up, and people can come and actually do farm tours and pick their own berries. I mean, that's the most fabulous Absolutely. part. Absolutely, yes. They they come. Um, we are open from nine to four, both Saturday and Sundays. Um, and uh, our farm has got the raspberries and blueberry heights and uh, cheerio. They've got um, blueberries, we've got raspberries, and uh, people just come in last year. It was an absolute amazing success. We have so many people coming, and it's such a fun thing for everybody to do. They come and they go and pick as much berries as they want, and they eat as much as they want, and then they have a tour of the facilities where we bottle things from the berries, and then they walk around the gardens and then have a refreshing glass of berry juice. Um, and then they spend a couple of hours on the farm. But we've got a lot of other things happening over the weekend, that weekend. We have got a Valentine's dinner and dance um, in the village that people can book. Uh, we've got a trail run on Sunday morning. Um, we've got village market with fresh produce, berry goodies, and all those kind of stuff, bought on Saturday and Sunday in the village uh, of Haynesburg. So there's a lot of things happening for families, for children, for, you know, um, even just couples. Um, very, very exciting. And all the local restaurants and the tea gardens, all what they're going to be serving things with uh, sort of a berry slant with it. So, yes. I mean, all sorts of things Absolutely. made with berries everywhere. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
Um, we do have a couple of strawberry farms as well, but they're not open to public because they, I think I don't think they're um, they're, they're big enough yet. Um, but they, there are going to be things um, made with strawberries and fresh strawberries as well. Um, in in addition to blueberries and raspberries. And my favorite thing, you've got a cheese dairy farm, organic right. cheese That's dairy right. farm, and you can also That's go there. Right. Well, they are they're open all year round, and it's fantastic. They've got they, they do give a tour, and they've got beautiful, beautiful Swiss um, cheese, and um, yeah, and people can go for for um, uh, tours there as well and buy as much cheese as they want. Now you mentioned the market. This is the harvest market that's going to be in Hainitzburg, and you're going to be able to buy all sort of fresh farm produce and all sort of things berry related, berry jams and pickles and preserves Absolutely. and all sorts of amazing things. Absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely. We process uh, quite a lot of the berries locally, um, particularly the raspberries because they don't travel well, but also the blueberries. We make um, jams and ice cream toppings with the berries, and they're all preservative-free. They're all quite healthy, um, so no no additives, no coloring, no essence or anything of that sort. But we are obviously all organic. Even the blueberry um, farm is an organic farm, certified. So, yeah. All our products are very, very healthy products. The thing I like, though, Shazad, about especially going off to the farm and picking the berries, and I love it if you can take children there because, you know, I think today, unfortunately, too many children think that things just come from the local supermarket. They don't know where they actually come from. And to be able, able to take children onto a farm and to show them this is where it grows, this is what it tastes like if you just pick it fresh off the bush, I mean, that yes. must be an amazing experience for them. Yes, it is. And also because both bushes are not very high, they're not very high trees. So children of any age, even a two-year-old, can actually reach um, the bottom branches of both bushes, blueberry and raspberry, and pick their own berries, which is really, you should see, um, you should see the look on the faces of children. And their faces are full of this blueberries <laughs> and the red raspberries dripping from their chins. And they look, they look so adorable. And they really, really enjoy their, their time in the, in the orchard. I don't know how, to, how adorable their parents are going to feel once they get them back and all those juice berry stains all over their clothes. Because <laughs> that doesn't come out too easily. But anyway. Fortunately, they're, they're, they're not such a big deal. Really, they do. They're, the stains come off oh, quite okay. easily. It's not, yeah, it's not, um, it's not one of those that, uh, like mulberry, that oh, yes. you know, can kind of stay forever. Mm. But uh, it's, it's just the whole joy of uh, going and picking your own berries and eating. Mm. And uh, honestly, the parents don't mind. Because when, when they see the children are having sun-ripe um, organic Fruit yes. that has not been sprayed, uh, that there's been no fertilizer, and, you know, so it's just grown so naturally and sun dried that they are not picked early because they have to go to the market. They're literally red falling off the bushes and they're just so lovely. Yeah. Gosh, no, that, that is definitely something to take the children. If, if nothing else that you do this year, try and get your child to a farm to see where their food comes from because that, I think, is, is very important that they don't think they just have – it just arrives in the supermarket and that's where it comes from. You need to see where it, com- <laughs> where it really comes from. It's, it's marvelous, especially for little ones. I think it's always great. You mentioned earlier, though, Shazad, about the, the festival uh, trail run. That's the first time this year that you've, you've done that. You've done Absolutely. That. Yes. We, we are trying to introduce um, more and more activities to this weekend, um, maybe maybe a cycle race even the following year. Um, as we go along, as and as our you know the people who arrive, we've got. 
so many people that come. And, of course, you go to the farms for a couple of hours on either of the days, and what do you do the rest of the day? So it's mm. lovely to have, beside the village market, to have other activities, like the trail run, like um, maybe maybe cycling through the forest, and whatever else that we can add on, um, it would be it would be great. But we will do that because we, this is the third year that we're going on, and so as we go along, we are going to become um, stronger in organization. <laughs> And, well, and provide a lot more to the visitors. Well, if people Definitely. are wanting to find out exactly what's happening out there, there is a website. It's www.berryfestival.co.za. I'll give you that address again, and I'll also give you an address for Mechubus of Tourism in a moment if you're wanting to book some accommodation. But, Shazad, it sounds like you're going to have a wonderful weekend yet again, and I, I look forward to chatting with you again next year and see what else is yes. on the menu for the for the fabulous weekend out there. Absolutely, absolutely. And, Karen, we hope to see you here once one day I, I should make it up there one of these days. <laughs> but thank you so much for your time. <laughs> thank you. Thanks thank you so, so much, much for, for, for allowing us to talk on the radio. Thank Only you. a pleasure. Thanks, Shazad. Good Thanks evening. Bye-bye. I was chatting there with Shazad Hohen about the upcoming Mahubas Cliff Berry Festival. It's taking place on the weekend of the 15th and 16th of February. For more information on the festival itself, you can take a look at their website. It's www.berryfestival.co.za. If you're wanting to stay over and book some accommodation, you can get hold of Mahubas Cliff Tourism.co.za. That's their website, and they'll have all the information there. So Mahubas Cliff tourism.co.za for accommodation and any information you'd like about the festival, it's www.berryfestival.co.za Time to travel with Karen Key well, one of the most beautiful parts of the country has to be the Drakensberg, and positioned in the central Drakensberg of KZN is Oakland's Country Manor. It has a colourful history, and it's now owned and run by Lady Caroline Bruce and her two sisters. Caroline, good evening. Welcome to the show. Hi, Corin. Hi, how are you? I'm very well. I'm quite envious of you living up there in the beautiful, beautiful central Drakensberg. Well, thank you. I, I have to say I wouldn't exchange it for much in the world. <laughs> now, this has had quite an interesting history, Oakland's manager. Do you want to give us a little bit of background to this? Oh, crikey. I knew you would strike off on that note. Um, <laughs> well, your late husband bought it, I think, in 1995. <laughs> yes, well, they, I've helped I mean, you out there, off there. There's a history going back to the 1800s, mm. but shall we, shall we be a little bit more recent? We'll kind of just <laughs> miss out that bit. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Oakland's has basically always been... Uh, a form of accommodation or, or a form of guest guest uh, guest experience for for many years, and uh, I don't know if you remember, but when I was a child, we used to go and stay at what we called guest farms. Yes, I do did, remember did you that. Ever do yes, that? yes, which was a fantastic experience. It was quite sort of communal, and there were lots of little rondals, and mm. everyone stayed in rondals, and everyone played tennis and. Uh, the adults would have dinner in the evening, and then um, you know the children would play talk talky, and everyone met everyone, and it was just one a wonderful sort of communal experience of everyone meeting everyone, and uh, that was Oakland's prior to my late husband Jamie having aborted 18 years ago, and I think that's the essence that we've really tried to retain, um, although. You know, upping the ante, of course, uh, you know, because people just don't really sort of gel with the simplicity of that anymore. But in essence, that sort of hands-on, just wonderful warmth, 
uh, personalized attention, you're in someone's home as opposed to a hotel, is, is really what Oakland's, I think, has been for many years, well before Jamie bought it. And I hope we've retained the essence of that. The other thing I was reading about it on your website, Caroline, is that you, I think you take a mac- maximum of 32 guests. Is that correct? Well, I mean, 32, 36. Round but, about uh, there. But it's, it's not hundreds, basically. Mm. So we up it, you know. <laughs> One must never be too fussy and nice. You've got to put a child on a mattress. I think that's also fine, too. So, yeah. I but mean, it's not hundreds it's of, of people. It's not no, hundreds of no, sort of 500 no, people or something. Not. And we're, we're most certainly not a club mess. Mm. Um, and and uh, we, 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 we're always sort of horrified when we, we get a guest who sort of feels that this must be some sort of a children's adult club med experience. And we're not a club med experience. It's, it's, it's far more... Um, natural than that, I suppose. Well, you know, um, if they're looking for things to do, I mean, I think when people think about things like Club Med, they always think, oh, everything's organised, there's all these things to do. But if they have a look at what's available at Oakland's, I don't think they'd even consider going back to a Club Med because the things that you have on offer here and where you're located, I mean, you really, you can almost use it as a base in some respects or do all the things at Oakland as well but then you can use it as a base to move out into the surrounding areas because there is so much to do and we need to go through some of the things that are available let's talk about what's available actually on site to start with yeah I mean it's a a strange old thing in life but people are either active or they are inactive and if you're an active human being and you have children or you're an adult who is um, inclined to sort of want to do things. There's so much to do. I think anywhere you go, uh, it's, a, it's an attitude more than what's available. Um, but we do have, obviously, on-site a hell of a lot available. We've got beautiful horses um, that really facilitate from beginners all the way to experienced riders. We've got polo facilities that's quite niched, but... Um, you know, it's certainly, you know, not something that isn't accessible. Uh, we have canoeing and lots of fishing and hiking and beautiful uh, off-the-property cycling, mountain bike uh, tracks, sort of challenging, actually, you know, that people who are quite serious about mountain biking can take advantage of. Um, there's cultural walks. There's the swimming pool there's uh, obviously just what you have available in the hotel in terms of, you know, we have a very fun bar, pool and darts and table tennis and, you know, rainy days are not really too much of a problem here. But, yeah, I, I think there's there's lots to do if, if you are activity inclined. <laughs> and you seem to be in, in the right spot for some serious bird watching too. We are. In fact, um, you know, most people don't know this, but... Fanrenen, or the the area, the particular catchment, water catchment area that we're in, because we are on the escarpment, has a sort of uh, uh, an average rainfall per annum rainfall of about 900 mils, um, and that is extremely high. Um, and what it actually, this area is is a wetland protected area, and we actually the catchment area water for Gauteng. So any Gauteng is listening. When you drive through the Drakensberg, don't dismiss it. That's where you're getting your beautiful fresh water. And um, obviously it's also something that we feel very strongly about in terms of protecting. Um, it's, it's, it's a very precious resource. There's something, you've got, even got some endangered bird species around there. We do. Um, we have the bearded vultures. 
uh, the crown cranes, the blue cranes, the wattle cranes, which are very rare. Um, and, uh, you know, if you were visiting us, for instance, we, we either send you on a walking trail into the flare, or you can go on horseback and you can actually view all these incredible species from the back of a horse, which I always think is rather a treat in life. The one thing I thought for parents out there, if you're thinking this sounds like just the place to go, but you're sort of hovering about whether you should take the children, it is fabulously child-friendly. But the other nice thing is that you offer babysitting services. Granted, you charge an hourly rate for that, but you would expect that anyway. But those facilities are there, so it's perfectly suited for the whole family. Yeah, to be to be honest, though, we really feel that that's one of our very strong points is being a family orientated destination. We we really believe that we cater specifically for 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 families or particularly for them. Um, one can't not want to bring your children mm. to a beautiful space and have access to the pigs and the chickens and the ducks and, you know, the incredible environment that, that is immediately accessible on, on, on your doorstep if you wake up in the morning. Um, we also facilitate this with, you know, this sort of 6.30 children's dinner, and then the, uh, we have a, a beautiful playroom for the children. And then, of course, nannies. One can't live without a nanny. And they're fantastic so, yeah, we do hopefully um, make it very easy for the adults to, to be able to feel um, safe in, in letting their children out of their sights. We also have uh, daytime sort of activities with a young chap of ours called Sharka, Sharka Zulu, who um, takes children out fishing and uh, they play soccer in the afternoon and that sort of thing. Not club med style, but very sort of intimate and personal and um, the parents never feel very threatened about their children being out of their sight on the farm because it's, it's, it's got a sense of safety about it. I'm not sure why, but it does. That sounds absolutely fabulous. Now, you, as I was said in the beginning, you're situated in such a way that besides all of that, I mean, you, you can't obviously come up there for just a few days. It seems like you're going to have to come up for a week or two. So there's all that to do at Oakland's. But then if you move just slightly away from that, you've got, also, you've got battlefield tours and all sorts of other things. Mm-hmm. Tell us what's going on just slightly outside of Oakland's. Well, the battlefield tours are, are a big attraction. And I have to say, um, I always find it quite interesting because our English clientele are far more interested in actually accessing battlefield tours or, or exposing their children to the battlefield tours than, than the South African clientele is. I'm not entirely sure why that is. I mean, I, I'm not sure if the South Africans are less interested in their history or, or whatever. But for sure, I mean, we have a lot of particularly English clients to come here specifically to actually use us as a base to go to Fugitive's Drift, Drift or Rourke's Drift or Spion Corp. And there's some very experienced uh, guides in the vicinity who, who really do bring, you know, the, the, the events to life. That would be right up my alley because I'm a history yeah. nut. I've just anything to do with history and I'm right there. The other oh, thing... Oh, Corin, it's got to be done. <laughs> it has to be done. I couldn't agree with you more. Now, we've talked about all these things, but besides all of this, though, Caroline, you also offer... I mean, and the, just talking about it, the venue just sounds perfectly suited for a wedding. Yes. I mean, it's a very romantic spot. <laughs> 
Um, when I say that we don't do very, very large weddings, we just simply don't facilitate, uh, or we're not able to facilitate them, but we do think, um, believe that we specialize in, in small, intimate weddings. And the backdrop is so incredibly beautiful so from a photographic point of view. Um, the bride always looks stunning in this environment. And, of course, um, I'm sure you, you're also aware of it, that our food is, is definitely, you know, one of our sort of more famed aspects. Uh, and we're very um, well known for the incredible food that, that we produce at Oakland's. And that's, that's really largely due to my sister, Kathy. Kathy, who is, um, I think, I would say, and she has a very well-known reputation in South Africa as a chef and, and what she produces from our vegetable garden and from the local farmers in terms of um, mutton and beef and pork and whatever is, is really quite outstanding and very unadulterated. So you, as I mentioned at the beginning, you run the Oaklands with your two sisters. I do, and our brother Simon oh, as well. Oh, he got left out of the equation <laughs> right there. Sorry, right. Simon. No, Simon's uh, shame. Poor old sire. He's ta- always taking the back seat here. But yeah, we do. And um, I have to say, it's just, it's it's a sort of extraordinary turn of events in life when you end up living in a space with your whole, your core of your family and uh, their children, our children. We, we bring everyone up together. It's, a, it's slightly communal, actually, although we all have our own homes. We actually live together as a family unit. Uh, and I have a great belief that actually communal living is, is a far more constructive way to, to be um, and that the nuclear family is a sort of outdated myth, although it's one that most of us live in, most people live in. But, um, yeah, it's an absolute blessing. But it's, it sounds like you've carried that over into what you're offering guests at Oakland's as well, though. In terms of? Of this sort of nuclear family, this well, not the nuclear, but this, this it's, it's a very intimate sort of um, yeah, setting yeah. more than anything else. Your family sort of unit seems to be what you're offering the guests at Oakland as well, that same <laughs> kind of sort of intimacy when they're there because it's not a huge amount of people. It's, it, and it just sounds like, I don't know, it just sounds like magic. Yeah, I think it is. Um, I think it really is. If any of our guests are listening, I'm sure they wouldn't disagree. Um, we have guests who have actually become very close friends and um, we've met their families and we've their families and their extended families and friends and so it goes on. So it becomes a sort of a, a core of, of people that comes to Oakland and I think we all, we all share in, in the joy of, of feeling like you're not in a hotel, that you're mm. actually in a, a warm Almost like a family environment where, almost. Exactly, exactly. Yet... Um, not to be mistaken, we, we, we're, we're not scruffy or no. half-hearted, <laughs> you know, because often people sort of hide behind, you know, it's a family-run, friendly place, and therefore there's a lack of professionalism. There's certainly not a lack of professionalism. We're very proud of our standards, um, and, you know, although we make it seem hapless and seamless, but actually, each one of us is actually working whenever you see us. Um, 
looking relaxed amongst the guests. <laughs> no, I, well, I was just saying you sort of offering people this sort of very, it's almost like an intimate holiday where you almost as if you're part of another family. And it's that kind of feeling that I get from what you're describing about Oakland's. I'm not saying that there's the sort of, you know, when you go home and slop your shoes around and everything's very relaxed and, as you said, scruffy, not like that at all. It's just the feeling that I feel that you would get there is that you almost feel like you're taken into this family when you get there. Yeah, we feel it's important to, to sort of read people. Mm. Um, some people don't want attention. Some people do want attention. And we, and we read people, and if we feel that we need to introduce people to other people and that, that they enjoy at the bar or in the dining room or on the veranda to be introduced to other people, um, there's never a moment where you're not introduced to the person standing next to you. I mean, it's... It sounds like... Yeah, and I think that's very unusual in hotels, having spent a fair bit of time in hotels. I find that unless you make the effort, it's generally quite difficult and people are often whispering and there's not a sense of um, sort of joy which I hope we create. Well, it sounds definitely like you do. And, and it sounds like the kind of place if you wanted to get away from it all but yet have this fabulous family experience, take the kids, pop up to Oakland's. It just sounds like the ideal destination in, as I mentioned at the beginning, one of the most beautiful parts of the country. Caroline, thank you so much for chatting with me this evening. It sounds absolutely heavenly up there. And uh, hopefully you'll, uh, uh, some of our listeners will be coming up to pay you a visit soon. Thanks so much for your time. So. I hope so, Karen. I hope we'll be seeing you too. Hopefully I'll get myself up there because I would love to go on one of those battlefield tours. I just almost okay, right well, up my we'll, alley. We'll make a day. Lovely to chat with you tonight, Caroline. Yeah. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Caroline Bruce is the owner of Oakland's Country Manor. And for more information on what's on offer there, and this sounds like an awful lot, take a look at their website. It's www.oaklands.co.za. Time to travel with Karen Key. Well, located just 400 metres from Cape Town International Airport, Hotel Verde, Africa's greenest hotel, showcases some of the most advanced environmentally conscious technological installations, construction methods, procurement and operational practices in the world. Well, I'm joined now by Samantha Annandale, and she's the general manager of Hotel Verde. Samantha, good evening. Welcome to the show. Hello, Karen. How are you? Well, I'm very well, thank you. It must be amazing to work in, some, in, in a hotel which is the greenest hotel in Africa and has some of the most amazing installations that are literally the best in the world. Absolutely. I think it's a learning curve, not just for our guests that stay with us, but certainly for us that work here as well. Um, it's been challenging. Uh, it's been hugely satisfying to see what we can do and what we can produce. And you know, just being part of such a dynamic uh, city as Cape Town and being able to showcase this to the rest of the world, it's been an absolute thrilling adventure to open this property. And uh, we've only just started, which is the most exciting part. I mean, you just started and you've already received recognition as a flagship project of the 110% Green Campaign. That's right, yeah. Last year, you bagged the Ecologic Water Conservation Award. I mean, and you literally just been there for five minutes. <laughs> I know. I know. You know what the problem with that is? Is that set the standard. So we have yeah. to keep on doing better, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> well, it's because they're going to raise the bar every year. Totally. No, absolutely. We're very proud of all our achievements, and we work so hard at it. And, you know, it's not just running a hotel and looking after our guests. And we do that um, equally as much as Oakland's, uh, who mm. you spoke to previously. You know, that's just part of what you do. But And, and having to focus on all the, the green aspects of the hotel as well in itself um, is very challenging and, and quite demanding as well. But 
we, we want to set the bar high and we want to show that it can be done. So we, we're working so hard and the whole team is so committed with the owner in making sure that we actually follow this project through and show you know what can be done in the hospitality industry. Do you want to talk us just through some of those innovations, the green innovations that you have there? Um, if we look at energy efficiency, Karen, you know, we've, we've looked at um, everything, you know, and we were so lucky we were able to build it green from the start. You look at occupancy sensors for your lighting. Uh, we've got geothermal loops coupled to heat pumps, which um, is, it acts as a heat sink in summer, and obviously we, we're getting water at an optimum temperature in winter, so it reduces the amount of energy we use. We've got three beautiful wind turbines outside our front entrance. We've got a regenerative drive elevators, photovoltaic panels, which generate huge amounts of power for us. And then we've got double glazed windows that obviously helps with all the temperature control within the rooms, reduces the usage of air conditioning. And then obviously our insulated roof, all those elements uh, obviously contribute to the energy efficiency of the building. But then also with water efficiency, we've gone with gray uh, water, so the water from the showers and the baths actually get um, used to flush our toilets with. So we're not using absolutely good water to flush uh, our urinals with. And then obviously capturing our rainwater and filtering that, using that for our irrigation. So nothing, nothing really goes to waste. Um, so everything that we've tried to implement from the, from the start has been to make it as an efficient hotel as it possibly can be. Am I correct in thinking that if people want to work out in the gym, they're also contributing to the energy? <laughs> I thought that was abs- is that is that actually is that actually working? It does, it does. And uh, look, you have to trade quite a bit on the bicycle to generate some electricity, but it's good exercise. Uh, you don't get a discount on your room, no, right? sure. <laughs> You're just doing your bit for the environment. But, but totally. It's a feel-good factor. And then, But what we've done is we've decided, you know what, guests need to be incentivized for doing the right thing and just you know, bringing home those little initiatives. So we've implemented uh, our own sort of in-house currency called the Verdino, and uh, we reward our guests. And we say, and the Verdino's worth five rand for argument's sake, and, and you earn these Verdino's during your stay for everything you do, separating your waste in your room, reusing your towel, using the gym and generating electricity, using the jogging trail, not using your air conditioner because we've got natural air being fed into all the areas of the hotel, so there's actually no need to switch on air conditioner. But we actually bring that incentive back to our guests, and, and it makes the guests think. And by the time they check out, they can go to our deli or curio shop and go and spend 30, 40 rand, which they never had before. But they've earned it. I love that idea. I think that's absolutely fabulous. It is. It is. And uh, we love it. We have huge amounts of fun with it. Wednesdays, we have Earth Hour at the hotel. We dim off all the lights light the candles, do pizzas from our wood-fired oven. So we really enjoy it, and we really try and have fun with the whole concept as well. It sounds like people just want to go there for all the fun stuff, just because. Just because well, I hope you so. Know. You know, people think it's airport industrial area, no. but it's really such a rose in the desert. We have a beautiful jogging trail, and we have natural wetlands around the hotel, which we've, we've sort of looked after and we've enhanced. And we're now seeing a return of bird life to the area, which we've never had before. We've got an eco pool, which, which we've uh, just had installed. So really bringing those natural elements back. There's no reason why anybody should not want to stay here, you know. It just sounds like a whole lot of fun. You sort of forget why you were there in the first place. You know? I know. I think for all the staff at work, you know, uh, Corinne, we, we read the guest feedback on our TripAdvisor and Booking.com. Mm. And, and I guess say, you know what? It's 
the friendliness of the staff and the experience. And initially they book it because it's close to the airport. Yes, There's yeah. no doubt. But when they leave here, it's certainly about, gosh, cannot believe what you actually do for the environment and the sustainability around the hotel. And if given a choice again, we would certainly book a green hotel. And that's really, you know, what we're trying to achieve. And uh, I think if you look at the friendliness of the staff, you know, it's not just a job. Uh, they've become totally passionate about what they do and enjoy it. And I think you know, it makes it all the more worthwhile, if you, if you want to call it that. This is rather aptly named, the Hotel Verde, because Verde in Italian means green. So, you know, it's the right, the right name for the hotel, just to start Absol- with. Absolutely. And uh, we, we're hoping that other hotels would certainly look at what we're doing. And, you know, we don't keep it a secret. We do... Uh, green tours to anybody in the public that want to come and have a look, certainly to the rest of the industry. We want to showcase what can be done, and we want to to show that operationally even, taking it further, you can run a sustainable hotel and offset carbon footprint of your travelers. And so we really encourage everybody else around us to say, you know, come and have a look and see what can be done. Well, no, it's all just about fun and what's going on. People go there sometimes for a reason other than going to have fun at the hotel. No, you, can go, you can go and have conferences there. You have a conference facility, which is great. I mean, you're right at the airport, no traveling out of town. It's great right there. It is. It's very convenient for travelers, business people especially. You know, we've had in companies, especially some budget cuts, um, the rental cars, the traveling, all of that. They, they seem to obviously cut back on that. It makes so much more sense to fly in, not having to, to hire a car, hope the rental car companies are listening, <laughs> <laughs> and then actually just stay at the hotel and host your business meetings here. We've got seven beautiful conference venues, boardrooms. We can seat up to 110. Um, and then with our 145 rooms and a beautiful restaurant, terrace, gym, uh, deli, our bars open till late, there's really no need to having to travel into town or even to fight your way through traffic. And if they did have to go into town, you're, what, about 20 minutes out of town? So, I mean, it's very close. It's so central. I mean, it's 20 Mm. minutes from town, 20 minutes from Stellenbosch. So we're right in the middle. We offer complimentary pickups from the airport. Or 400 meters of it. And a drop, correct. (laughs) And then, obviously, if your company is within the the 7-kilometer sort of or 10-kilometer precinct, we, we do those drops complimentary as well. Oh, wow. Okay. And you mentioned the dining, what facilities you had there. But the other thing about your dining is that you're keeping it very much health and wellness focused. Absolutely. You know, we, we try. And um, it's once again, it's looking at just the procurement side of things. Obviously, we try and, and, and uh, support our local industries around us. So we try not to import and bringing fancy goods from, from, from Europe and, and try and sustain our local industries. And then together with that, obviously, yes, healthy, fresh. We've got our own uh, aquaponic units. We've got vertical gardens. We grow our own herbs and lettuce as well. And so just you know, really looking at what we can do to sustain ourselves, but also looking at what is fresh and healthy and available. And for those needing to get an early flight, I mean, you can even have your breakfast at 4.30 in the morning. I'm still sleeping then, but know, you, you can if you need to. I know. <laughs> have pity on us. You have to be. Uh, yeah, well, I'm just absolutely. feeling sorry for you. It's, um, yeah, and so many people love that, you know, because they want to grab a hot, fresh cup of coffee and uh, grab a bite to eat and, and breakfast being the most important meal of the day. Mm. We encourage it. And uh, so really just trying to look after all the needs that – potential people could have that are flying in and out for business. Now, we haven't got down to the rooms, so let's talk about what's on offer room-wise. Mm. 
Uh, our rooms, uh, we, yeah, 145 rooms. So we, we've got various room types, but we've got open bathroom rooms where, and we've also got the closed bathrooms. We've got our king beds, we've got our twin beds, pretty much standard as, as any other hotel. Um, then what we've done, obviously, every room has got natural air being fed into the room. So the need to really use your aircon, which is totally up to you, you can if you want, but shouldn't really be necessary. You will not hear an aircraft. Uh, flying over the hotel because we've got double glazed windows so it's totally soundproof our tvs with city channels on our tvs uh, movie channels on demand beautiful linen uh, we've been complimented for our beds um, people are raving about the sleep experience at the hotel which i think is very important and then also little things fridge in the room which makes the difference fresh milk with your tea and coffee mm. Uh, like you know, supporting a local entrepreneur with biscuits and those little small details that make the difference. The other thing I was very impressed, though, is that you, you go a long way towards catering for the needs of all cultures and beliefs in the hotel as well. Oh, yes. Uh, you know, being an airport hotel especially, you know, you know you're going to have travelers from around the world, and it was very important for us to take that into consideration. We've got Muslim-friendly rooms. You know, it's... We, we've got Bibles, we've got the Torah, we've, we've got the Quran. Uh, we're just really catering for all cultures and making sure that, you know, everybody is looked after, irrespective of your beliefs or your religion. Gosh, I mean, I was just, there's nothing more. I mean, I know that you've got this rock pool that you're working on. That's supposed to be finished this month. Is that correct? Absolutely. It is ready. It's ready fact, already. Okay. Yes. Um, it's lovely. It's, uh, I think it's going to be different for people to get used to it as well. But uh, you've got, uh, obviously, your, your, the rocks, the, the, the natural reeds filtering the water, no chemical process whatsoever in the pool. So it's all very well balanced and maintained. And it's really just going back to the basics. Uh, when you go for a walk in the mountains and you've got water coming down, that's natural water. And we've taken that exact same concept, and that is what we have. And we've got natural elements actually filtering our water for us. Gosh, I mean, as I said, you've only been there all of about five minutes, already gathering in the awards all over the place. I mean, is there anything else new coming up, or have you pretty much got there now? We've got such an adventurous owner, uh, him and his wife, Anna Maria and uh, Mario Delicio, you know, that they don't want to stop at Cape Town. They're oh. wanting to roll out the Hotel Verde brand internationally now, and they believe that Africa especially should boast more green hotels. So they're very keen for development of hotels taking place to take on this green concept and develop this Valde brand, meaning green, and, and actually bring it into the building of their hotels. So um, it seems like they're ready to move on and, and so, you know, go at the rest of the world and, and grow this brand and, and certainly make the whole world more sustainable. Well, it sounds like there's a lot more to come, and I'm, I'm assuming that, well, I'm hoping that there'll be a lot more around the country, and um, other people other than those coming into Cape Town will be able to experience this, because it is, it almost is, you need to just go there and have the experience. I mean, it's, it's because you're not going to find another hotel like that anywhere in Africa. Totally. You know, uh, Karen, just, uh, you know, one thing as well is the art. Uh, Mario once mentioned to me that, you know, hotels are the same. They hang beautiful pictures, and, and you know, but they've really taken so much... Um, to heart, the art that they've put into the hotel. They've supported all our local artists. And every dimension of the hotel, where you go, there's a different element of art, be it murals, be it sculptures, be it wood carvings. They've really taken so much effort into selecting the art for the hotel. 
Um, I haven't seen so many tourists take photographs in front of art <laughs> really? in the hotel before. <laughs> and we also have a beautiful green wall growing down the centre of, oh, of the restaurant. Pictures, I saw pictures of that. Oh, it's, uh, it's absolutely exquisite. And um, so, you know, you walk past and you smell the fresh smell of soil, and there's nothing better than that. So certainly a lot has been done. I think there's still a lot ahead of us. We're still wanting to achieve a lot. And uh, let's see how the Verde brand grows. If people are wanting just to come along and have a look, Samantha, can they pop in and have a meal in one of your restaurants there and just have a look around the hotel, or do they have to be guests? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. No, they, anybody's welcome. You know, it's an open restaurant. Our bar serves the most fantastic um, cocktails and craft beers. And, um, you know, we certainly encourage people to come and have a look. We do tours uh, nonstop during the day. And for us, it's, it's, we're so proud to showcase it. It's, it's, it's certainly something we want to encourage people to do. Well, there you go. If you've got a free day sometime, pop along and go and have a look. It sounds like the most amazing experience. Samantha, thank you so much for your time this evening and for telling us all about Verde. Lovely. Thanks, Corinne. Thanks for your time. Thanks a lot. Good night to you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Samantha Annandale is the general manager at Hotel Verde, Africa's greenest hotel. And for more information, you can take a look at their website. It's www.hotelverde.com, and that's hotel and then V-E-R-D-E, hotelverde.com. Time to travel with Karen Key. Well, Murati, the historic Stellenbosch estate, well-loved for its unique old-world ambiance, distinctive wines, beautiful gardens, and warm hospitality, is once again hosting a superb variety of summer entertainment. Well, to tell us a little bit about what's on there, I'm joined now by Rek Milk, and he is the owner and winemaker at Murati. Rek, good evening. Welcome to the show. Hi, Corinne. Good evening. It's great to be on your show. Well, I, what I said it was an historic estate, and I was, I was talking to somebody else earlier in the show, and I said history is my absolute passion, and there's so much of it out at Mirati. Do you want to just give people some idea of where it's been and where it is now? Well, I mean, you've summed it up in a nutshell. Um, we're obviously based just outside Stellenbosch, quite close to Cape Town, and um, we are very fortunate to be able to say that uh, we are one of the oldest privately owned estates in the country. So we have a huge amount of history that we can talk about here. We date back to 1685. Um, we pay homage to various characters that played a big role in the history of this estate. Um, the first guy to own the estate back in 1685 was a soldier who was in love with a girl who unfortunately happened to be a slave, who was locked up in the slave house. And um, the only way that he could see her was for him to actually traipse all the way from Stellenbosch to Cape Town on foot, a three-day journey to visit her, and this journey he did on a regular basis for 14 years until this girl, Ancella, was eventually emancipated after being christened, and uh, he was fortunate enough to go and fetch her and uh, bring her back to Mirati, and the two of them, Lawrence and Ancella, and their three children, Cornelius, Jacoba, and Acheniki, became the first rightful owners of Mirati. So that's the beginning of our estate. So from there on, we just have so much more stories to tell. And um, when people come and taste our wines, uh, it's, everything is here for them to experience. And we all our wines that we've made now um, are all named after personalities and characters that have played a significant role in past 300 years of this estate. I've actually seen Ancella van der Kaab. That was her name. I mean, it was Ancella in the Dutch, I suppose, was from the Cape, van der Kaab. Ancella van der Kaab. And the, I've seen, I've actually tasted that before. It's fabulous wine. That's, um, you know, I mean, in our history, obviously, you know, with the wines we've made, um, we do, the, we pay homage to Lawrence, who's the mm. guy who did the walking. 
Yes, and, gosh. Um, he, he's, we've, we've named a white blend after him, a blended white wine. And then our Ancelo is our, what we call a Bordeaux style, made of Cabernet Sauvignon, Merlot, and Cabernet Franc. And it, um, it really signifies the, uh, it sounds cliched, but it signifies the soil, the terroir we have on the foot of the Simonsburg Martin. And that's basically captured and put in a bottle for everybody to appreciate and enjoy. Now, it's one of those places, if people haven't been out there before, it's a fabulous destination because you can go out and you've got a wonderful kitchen that people can go and have a lovely meal there as well. Yeah, we know it again there, you know, there's there's so much around to do in Stellenbosch and Franschhoek and everywhere, but um, we just decided, you know, to stay true to our roots and uh, what we stand for in being classic and, you know, um, just down to earth. And um, so you can come here and you can don't expect to have sort of, you know, foamy stuff on your food and all that. No, you know, it's, it's the real it's thing. Very simple. Yeah. It's a farm kitchen. That's what we, we pride ourselves in. And you get uh, good quality, wholesome food and a with the wines we, we produce, so you are in for a you know a feast. And um, but simplicity is the is the answer here. Also, you've named all your dishes after certain members of the family and locals, or the winemakers and people that have had some sort of impact or influence on the farm. We've tried to do that, yeah. So you will have a you know a certain dish will be called, for instance, the Lawrence Comfort um, dish, and that will be served with, with the uh, Lawrence Comfort the white blend. The Ancelle on the car platter would be ideal to be with the Bordeaux blend. Um, so Isabella, my little daughter, we named the Chardonnay after her, and that's also a certain dish that you can, you can have with that. So it's just wonderful. You can sit down, have a meal. We tell you the story about the wine, the personality, and it takes you back in time. And it's just a great journey. And um, it's very popular, and um, we, we really um, spend our time and effort, and my my staff at work with me in a tasting room, you probably find me here every Saturday and Sunday anyway, because I enjoy doing it. But uh, we, we, we really do try and give everybody the story and the experience of what Mirati is all about. And you're open for breakfast and lunch? We have now, you know, funny enough, we've started now, um, you know, mountain biking is the new golf. Yes, you, know, you just opened a trail there now. And we've got a great uh, single track in the mountain here that we are fortunate to have been uh, been able to start up with the Dirtopia, and um, and this is very well managed. And uh, you can come and have an amazing morning cycling in the uh, in the forest here, single track, and um, and afterwards have a great breakfast, taste some wine. It's healthy. It's just a, it's a wonderful day out. So absolutely, it's wonderful. Yeah. And the opening times of the restaurant, Rake, is it, is it Monday to Sunday, or is it weekends? No, you know, what is we our lady, a girl in the kitchen, Tanya, is uh, fantastic. And but we need to give her a break. Well, well, yeah, so it would be nice. Monday and Tuesday, she's she she's basically recuperating, and then she hits the ground running on Wednesday to Sunday. And um, she's just amazing, and she does wonderful stuff here. Yeah. Okay, so and the mountain bike trail—that's weekends only. That's open. Uh, no, you can. It's in the week as well, but most oh, okay. people obviously you will work in the week. But weekends, we open at seven in the morning, uh, Saturdays and Sundays, and you just pop in here and you sign your little indemnity form, the usual stuff, and mm. off you go. You know, and you pay a little fee, and the money that we have here that we collect goes to the conservancy, and that's all. It's the Simonsburg Conservancy is a great area around us here. We form this green belt, so we're trying to. Look after nature, bring back all the, you know, the porcupines, the lynx, everything that goes with it. So it's really, it's uh, it's just putting back into the into the into the area around us. Now the other thing that's now happening because it's summer, you've got your summer concerts. Yeah, so that's uh, you know, in my first life, um, I was a medical doctor, and as a 
as a young student, I used to I used to be a roadie and work for a band. So I used to set up all the speakers and the sound and all that. And um, so I'm dating myself now, but that's many, many years ago. <laughs> so I got to know a lot of the people in the music scene 30 years ago. And um, so music is part of my life. And um, I'm very fortunate to have this incredible venue here. So what we do is we give uh, young upcoming musicians opportunity to come and play music. And uh, so we have these festivals in the summertime. So we have our first one will be now on the 15th. Uh, then we have another one on the 22nd. And, and then we have a big sort of a harvest festival on the 1st of uh, March. And it's basically just a late afternoon, uh, sitting down, having a glass of wine, having something to eat and listening to great music, watching the sun go down over Taylor Mountain. It's just we are so fortunate where we are. And we'd just like to share it with everybody who is interested in music and would like to spend a day out. So how does it work now? Do people need to pre-book or can they just arrive? Ideally, or? ideally it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's not a... It's, we, we usually do about 100, 120 people. So best is really to make contact with the office and uh, to speak to my lady in the office or either email them uh, just to reserve a seat because it gets quite crowded, you know, and we try and limit the amount of people. So basically it's to phone the office at 021 8652330 or just info at and um, they can book a table and um, and then they just pop in and sit down bit of sunshine, enjoy the music, have something to eat as the sun goes down and uh, it's just wonderful, wonderful yeah. I was going to ask you about that I was, one, I was sort of envisioning picnic baskets or something that were available or is the restaurant open at this time now? No, the restaurant's <laughs> open we, we have a sort of a set little menu um, obviously we don't we have a vast array of foodstuffs to be served but um, we keep it simple you know, like a hamburger for instance or um, homemade babuti samosas or whatever Tanya decides to cook for the day and, um, and and you can all get that on the on the premises, you know. so you you don't bring any picnic basket. No. No, I thought maybe you were you were sort of some of these things you go to. There's a picnic basket that you can purchase at the restaurant. Yeah, no, it, it depends on 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 Tanya, you know. So usually, oh, right. okay. um, it's it's either as I said to you before, you know, you can have a there's a set little menu, and you can just decide to um, order whatever you'd like. And wine tasting available, or we buy a bottle, um, not you wine tasting necessarily, you can buy a glass earlier, or a bottle. Uh, you yeah. can do a wine tasting, um, you can grab a bottle from the cellar and sit down. Um, on the 1st of May, that's our harvest festival, and there's an open day, we will have grapes, um, where people can stomp the grapes. I will be doing a vertical tasting of, of the Marathi wines. Uh, we will take the people that are interested into the vineyards and teach them a little bit what the vine looks like, what the grapes look like, how we harvest, why, when, taste the grapes. It's very much of an interactive situation. And um, and then from there, we will all go back and sit under the oak trees and, and have this um, quite a um, funky old band. They're all uh, um, Some of them are professional musicians. Others are professional um, practitioners, architects, etc. And... Um, and then they will play music for us, and we have a big brass section um, that will join up with them. And it's just an afternoon of music, blues and, and a bit of brass. This is amazing. I mean, you could actually make a whole day of it. If you go out there sort of mid-morning, go for a cycle, come back, have lunch, hang around, go to the concert. I mean, it's a whole day of out that's there. Exactly what, that's Fabulous. exactly what we, what, we, what we cater for. And, and the, the great thing is you can do a bit of exercise, breathe a bit of fresh air, do what the doctor wants you to do, and then you can sit down... And have a light lunch, have a glass of wine, keeps your blood thin, 
be responsible and you can go home late, late the afternoon. And you're the doctor, so we have to go and do that now. So. Well, you have to trust what the doctor <laughs> says, don't you? <laughs> Apparently. And how uh, long have you been doing these summer concerts, Rick? You know what? I, I um, took up the, um, this little job of mine about nine years ago when I left uh, practicing medicine full-time. And, um, and even then, those days, with my music interest, we started that many years ago. So we've always been doing this, and, um, but it's just grown in stature, and uh, we are getting more and more requests now you know, from my friends and people in the know business and the wine, wine area saying, when, when are the concerts starting up again? So it's gathered quite a bit of momentum. And um, I'd be very proud to say that it's something that we've been doing for probably about 12 years now. Wow. But it's not over, over, overdone, as in, you know, mm. you do just three or four of them during the season. And it's short and sharp and concise, and it's just great fun. So you keep people wanting more. Exactly. Basically. And, but, Rick, it's a wonderful story, the whole story of Murati, because, as you said, it's very much, it's been in family hands, private hands for since 1600 and something. And um, by all accounts, hopefully your daughters will grow up one day to take it over from you. Well, they are, they're in the fray. They are here. Um, the one is very studious. The one is exceptionally busy. So um, between the two of them and my brother's little um, um, family as well, there's definitely... Um, it's enough of them. There's, there's, there, there, there are enough of them around that are looking at what I'm doing and uh, just sort of, you know, t- tapping their fingers saying, you know... <laughs> Retire, Dad. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, just think, Wait. if you do retire, Rick, you've got a wonderful place to sort of relax. You can just sit around and watch everybody else working all day. Yeah, but so, you know what they say, hey? A farmer's yeah. day is never done. Never done, never done. But thank you so much for giving up some of your time to chat with me this evening. It sounds wonderful. I'll give out all the contact details again, and hopefully people can go out and have a wonderfully relaxing, fabulous time out of Mirati this summer. Thanks so much for joining me. God, I appreciate that very much. Thank you so much. Speak eh? to you soon. Thanks, Rick. Okay. Good night Take to you. Care. Bye-bye. Good night. Bye. Rick Milk is the owner and winemaker at Murati. And for more information on what's on offer this summer, if you want to find out about the concerts or the bike ride or the restaurant or whatever it is, take a look at their website. It's www.murati.co.za. That's M-U-R-A-T-I-E, murati.co.za. Or if you want to book for the music for the concerts, you can call the office 21 2330. Well, that's it for Time to Travel for this week. I'm Kyron Key. Thanks for joining me this evening. And I'll be back with you next Monday evening, just after nine, with the Law Report. And on Monday evening, I'll be joined once again by attorney Nicolene Skuman Lowe for our monthly law clinic. So join me for that. <clears throat> Excuse me, Monday the 10th of February. Well, Stephen Kirk is up now with some nighttime music. Stephen, do you want to go cycling in the beautiful Stellenbosch. Uh, I wrote down marathi.co.za because I want to go and uh, cycle there and I might be persuaded to thin my blood as well. Just, well, the doctor did say, you know. Uh, he did say and it's very important when you're cycling that you make sure your blood doesn't get too thick, especially if you're a man because we can suffer heart attacks and that kind of stuff. Anyway, Health Matters returns next week, Tuesday. Just gone, 10 o'clock. Stephen Kirker with you till midnight. Nighttime music on Wednesday night. Shoo! Downhill to the weekend. First, though, it's time for the news.